Hi guys, how are you? I am a hot mess tonight. My son has soccer camp and that's why we are running a little bit later this evening and my eyes all bugged up too. So that's why I'm wearing glasses. So you get to enjoy that tonight and the reflection on my screen. You're welcome. Um, before we get into tonight, um, let's do the business part. The Libertarian Veteran Caucus, Leading Libertarians Veteran Issues and Leading Veterans to Libertarian Solutions. Uh, James Toller for Kentucky, Toller4KY.com, that's T-O-L-L-E-R, the number 4KY.com. He puts people over politics. Chris Bye for Alaska's Congressman. You can learn more at itstimealaska.com. And as always, you can find us on all of these different platforms. Pick your favorite and you'll be able to find us. And I think there's other stuff he does. I don't know. I When I was on a show the other night, it, it's too much. I'll figure it out. Um, I think it's these things. Hold on. Oh, for all your merchandise, go to proudlibertarian.com. Um, just so you know, you'll be able to find Keystone stuff on there soon. As well as right now, our candidates are actually on there and then VP vets or lpvets.com and then facebook.com backslash bk24 senate that is for brian kunkowski from maryland and elect nataliebruno.com and as and there's other stuff find all the stuff okay i have two guests on. One is with us now. One will be joining us shortly. Um, you know him from the comments because uh, <laughs> he's been watching and commenting often. So join me, Lunatic. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I am congested, but uh, otherwise very good. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the time uh, to come on another podcast. This is my very first one. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I know we're talking about trying to get me and some other people onto yours. Um, it's just figuring out the time frame. I can't do this whole glasses thing, but I can't see without them. Um, yeah, no, that's not going to work. So it's just going to have to be this way. I think I have pink eye or something, which is super fun. That's another reason why I was running late today. I had to stop at the store and get some medicine. So oh, yeah, I love being around the kiddos. Yeah. I don't know if it was my, my kid doesn't have it. So I don't know. I, I left my contacts in too long. And so I think just an infection happened from leaving them in too long. Eh, we'll see. Um, Tim says, hi kids. Apparently we're children. Hello, <laughs> Mr. McMaster. If you're going to call us children. Hello, Mr. McMaster. He hates that. Um, I'm the biggest child in the world uh, in certain <laughs> situations. So I can totally own that every single day. <laughs> so have you been following any of the January 6th stuff that's happening? Not paying attention to any of it because it's uh, completely insignificant to me. It's a lot of propaganda. Um, I think that uh, when we talk about the people not wanting the government to quote unquote represent them anymore, I think that's one of the examples of uh, the power of the people when they actually do come together for um, a common goal. I'm not saying that they were correct in how they approached it. I'm just saying that uh, I think it's blown out of proportion to for the government to become more totalitarian. 
so do you th- what what are your thoughts on January 6th just out of curiosity um, I, I really don't think that much of it. I think it uh, was a part of probably some kind of movie, kind of like uh, if you were to write, if Jack Casey were to write a book, that's probably one of the scenes that would be in the book. So it's interesting here. I, I don't know where you're from. I'm where from Wisconsin. From? Okay, so you're far away from where the insurrection happened. Um, <laughs> I'm about two hours north of it. So we had we have a lot of controversy going on in our state right now because one of the governor candidates for the Republican party, the one who won the primary, Doug Mastriano was at DC during January 6th. So there's a lot of people calling for him to be removed from the ballot because of his participation that day. Um, Also lately he's come out to kind of be weird. Like, on Memorial Day, he dressed up in his um, formal military attire with like every badge he's ever earned, like every like medal and stuff. And he had gold spurs on, and he was on a horse, I believe. Like it was like this. <laughs> I, I think if you're trying to produce an image, he got the image down. If I if I'm not mistaken, correct. Yeah, like it's I, I'm gonna I'm try and find a uh, picture, but um, you know, so there's people who are trying to get him removed, and because of that, imp- you know, that participation, and then there is um, recently during the hearings that came out, Scott Perry, who is one of our senators. U.S. senators, um, he's been connected to it too. So there's like some controversy going on with all of that, which makes it. Here's a picture. Found a picture. Share the screen so everyone can enjoy this. Can't see the spurs, but you can see that. I mean, like. That's a, that's a, like, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks like a decorated army officer, uh, from what I can see. Um, I, you know, I really don't know. Uh, there's a story about the forgotten army, uh, during world war one that actually stormed the Capitol building with weapons. And I think that was a, a, a poor attempt at a second occurrence of history. Uh, what happened January 6th. Yeah. Someone made a quote the other day and I thought it was hilarious. They said that um, the the smartest person that was there was dressed like a bison. Yes. Uh, and he wore <laughs> one of these on his chest, a giant uh, Thor's hammer. Uh, the, the thing about it is that if you are passionate about it, your ideas and if you think your government has become invalid, I, I think that as a U.S. citizen, it's totally constitutional what happened. Now, according to today's narrative, maybe not so much uh, according to the public eye. Now, this is where we get into the hairy nitty gritty of things of whether it is constitutional, but maybe not of popular belief. But there's a lot of things that is of popular belief that I think is absolutely crazy and ridiculous and shit like that. So, oh, I swore. I'm sorry. What are those things? You're fine. What Um, are those things? Let's go into this whole rabbit hole. 
All right. Well, um, uh, as far as my own personal background, I think that being a natural human being is probably the best thing for you. Um, when vaccine mandates came out, um, I had already had my children. They were already, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, seven, eight years old. Um, and my children have never been vaccinated for anything, um, including I've had absolute two children that were born completely absolutely natural, no interventions, no Pitocin, no epidurals, no anything. And then I had one emergency C-section child. And the thing is, is that your personal choice when it comes to your health, it, it should not be anybody else's decision. I don't care how much information you've been given in academia. I don't care how much information. It's a personal choice. Um, I, I think that when the vaccine mandates came out, it, it was um, the Me Too mo movement had just pretty much subsided. And then mm -hmm. it, the My Body, My Choice thing kind of went out the window. But now we, we see that now recirculating after two years that it is My Body, My Choice for certain other reasons because people want to change uh, legislation. So personal choice is a libertarian thing. If you have the right to raise your children in your religion, your uh, ethnic background, your cultural background, and no one isn't going to say anything to that. But when it comes to public health, that's where people have a problem with their personal security and where they derive their personal security from. And they got everybody scared and put on the defensive against their fellow human beings. And, you know, when we have propaganda being used against the United States citizens and uh, a pandemic going on that was created by a government entity. And I don't I'm not I'm not getting into the semantics. This, we, we can follow the yellow brick road right into what <laughs> happened. And, you know, we can follow the timeline. The thing is, is that people need individual choice. If you want to go to private school, public school, if you want to live on a farm, if you want to live in the inner city, these are all personal choices to that individual. And I don't think anybody else has the right to tell anybody else what to do. I completely agree with the majority of what you just said. And since you brought up living on a farm, I think that's a good segue to say, hey, Nicole's here. Hey, how are you guys? <laughs> good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Well, this is Lunatic. Also, I don't know if he goes by his regular name, but I know yes. it, so I can say it. If... Okay, Justin. My, yes, <laughs> you can. You can say my full um, name. My my full name is Justin Lomnis. I have no problem saying my full name because when we talk about complete disclosure, when we want information from the government, I think that um, yet again it goes to personal security. If you're willing to disclose your personal information, I think that it makes it more open to other people than if it, if you're behind a name or you know, an acronym or something like that. So uh, I, I have no problem claiming this title, the Lunatic Libertarian. My name was originally attached to it. I just started my page on Facebook, but yeah, my name is Justin Lomnis. Okay. Well, Nicole, um, not that I'm going to permit her to go in too much of her candidacy. I know we were talking about having Joe on your show. Um, Nicole is the Lieutenant Governor candidate for the Keystone Party for Pennsylvania. So she's also one of my best friends. Um, and yeah, she's the, she's the reason behind me doing this. <laughs> so I wrote her into everything. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the instigator. And then I wonder why my child instigates things. And then I realized that it's because he learned it from his mother. Mm -hmm. Just, just a little. Only for good cause. Only, only for good cause. So, Nicole, we were talking about January 6th. 
Uh, have you been following any of the hearings? So I told my husband this morning, I said I turned on the news today just so I could see the weather because I have a show tomorrow. I'm at, you know, I'm at Roots tomorrow all day and I wanted to see what the weather was like so I could be prepared. And the weather wasn't on. It was the January 6th hearing. So, yes, I've been paying somewhat attention to it. But I'd rather have the weather report, please, because I need, I need to know if I need to water my fields today or not. See, and I would rather be listening to the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trials again than, exactly. than the uh, January 6th hearings. What, why are you shaking your head now? I didn't pay attention to any of that. I just love the memes that came out of it. Same. He pooped in, he pooped in his bed. Come on. You know, I was like, in his bed. I was like, I'm a little crazy at times, but I am not Amber Heard crazy. Yeah. I, now, John, well, this isn't really recent, like current events for anyone that really cares. But Johnny Depp's apparently going back to court now because of some assault charge. But that's, you know, more, more distraction from probably other stuff that's going on in this world. Like he was charged with assault or he was charging somebody else with assault? I, it, it came up really quickly on my phone, and I went, oh, that sucks, and I scrolled. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't really get into celebrities or any of these people. Um, I, I, I really hate the hierarchy, and I use the word hate because probably that's more accurate. <laughs> um, I, and I don't like uh, labels, titles, and categories placed on human beings. I think that uh, our nuance as humans is probably one of the only things that we can connect with everybody. And with everybody being so divided on politics or race or religion or any of these things that's going on in the world, I think that, uh, you know, when we can get rid of that and get back to just the nuance of being humans, trying to survive every single day, um, I think that's a big step. And I think libertarians and Keystone or people that are liberty minded have the idea that we're just human beings trying to survive. And it's not a conflict of interest for everybody to interact without violence. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. Um, I'm going to do this. I did this on David Valente's show one time, and I thought it was fun, and it kind of prompted conversations about current topics. Have you guys ever done the CNN news quiz? No. I don't watch CNN. I have no idea what it is. I don't watch CNN either. I don't watch it either. Right there with you. Okay. According to a recent ranking, which is the world's most expensive city? New I'm York, say Tokyo, London, or Hong Kong? I'm going to say Hong Kong. I would say Tokyo. We say, okay, I'm going to say New York because America is just crazy expensive. So what, what, do you, what would you like me to push since we all said, should I put we London? The one since that, yes, since yeah. we didn't choose that one, yeah. I was right. Hong Kong. Sorry, I'm just a little bit dying over here. Sorry about that. So, for the third year in a row, Hong Kong received the dubious title of priciest city in the world, according to an analysis this week by Global Mobility, blah, blah, blah. I I, I don't know. I guess I would have thought it was, I don't know. So, the reason why I thought it was Hong Kong was because it's expensive over there. Um, it's one of the bigger cities. I. It's also a tech city, so the the stuff that's coming out of Hong Kong 
makes me believe that to support its economy, everything has to be expensive. And when you've got like apartments on top of apartments with like 10 people in a one bedroom apartment and yeah, it's expensive. True. I mean, New York's kind of the same way, but Hong Kong's a little worse than New York. I thought Tokyo was going to be it because there's people that are actually living in internet cafes. But is that because it's expensive to be there or is that because they don't have enough housing? I, I figured they would coincide, but maybe I'm wrong. And I am wrong according to this poll. It's okay. I was too, Justin. I was too. Okay, next one. The baby formula manufacturing plant at the center of the nationwide shortage recently restarted production of certain formulas. Why was the facility closed for several months? Employee walkouts, bacteria outbreaks, supply chain issues, or fire damage? I'm going to say supply chain issues. I would say the same. I, I, I wish I could choose the fire damage because of all the food processing plants that are going up in flames across the country, but I would say supply chain issues. I'm going to say bacteria outbreak, but I'll hit your eyes. Oh, oh, you were right. I was right. I thought it was a bacteria outbreak, but the supply chain would be a, a no you know, a no-brainer just because no everybody's having supply chain supply train, chain issues. I can't talk tonight. Found, it found a dangerous bacteria which can be deadly to infants in several areas of the plant. Okay. I'm sure which they were all golfer, in the bathroom. Probably, maybe some of them. Which golfer won the 2022 U.S. Women's... I oh, no I have idea. no idea. <laughs> Um, Minji Lee, Minya Harigay, Hai Jin Cho, or Jin Yang Ko? I, I would I, say Ko. Those names. Ko. I'm, I'm going to say, you say this Choi. One? Okay, well, I'm going to say the same one as Justin, so we're going to put that. Nope, it was Minji Lee. Congratulations, okay. Minji Lee. None of us apparently watch golf. According to a golf. recent California... California ruling, which insect can legally be considered a fish and have the same protections? What? A bumblebee. Um, a spider, a butterfly, a ladybug, or a bumblebee? A bumblebee. Justin, you say bumblebee? I'm I gonna, know this story. Yeah, I'm going to go with bumblebee. I'm going to go with it too for simple fact that we should be saving the bees because of that's, the ecosystem. That's why I'm going with it. California okay. court has ruled bees can be legally considered fish under specific circumstances. Go ahead, tell us the story, Justin. I've seen a meme where uh, there was a, people say that they need to save the bumblebees or asking the question what happened to the bumblebees, and then it said Maylon from uh, you know, and there's no clover on it, there's no uh, dandelions, there's no wildflower or anything. It's just grass. I think that, uh, you know, the standards that we've come up with in our communities actually have been detrimental to our environments. I mean, we spray chemicals on our lawns to get rid of dandelions because they're a nuisance to our uh, to our eyes and stuff like that. But, you know, we, we, we don't see uh, we see more yellow jackets in Wisconsin than we do see honeybees or bumblebees or anything like that that actually transfer the pollen to our plants. And it, 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 it's kind of ridiculous. 
I hate the fact that I have to cut my grass uh, once a week according to my lease, and I wish that I could let wild clover grow, and I wish I could have um, actual uh, honey uh, a honey farm in my backyard because I think that uh, bees, if they die out, then the human race has a big problem. My and we can see this hates- in examples in China from t- uh, when Mao took over. My township hates me because I don't know enough. <laughs> I have an upper field that hasn't been hasn't been cut yet. They'll come and cut it when they want it, but I don't. Christine knows my farm. My farm isn't called Ugly Acres because it's pretty. <laughs> well, I um, I don't have. I don't know if you guys have ever watched this, but there was a show called Adam Ruins Everything. It was on True TV, I believe it was. And um, it was Adam Conover, and he has a new show on Netflix called The G Word, and it's all about government. Um, it's actually pretty good. It is, pro- like, directed or produced by Obama. So, I mean, take that for a grain of salt. But um, the <clears throat> Adam's Believe It or whatever it was. Um, I can't think. Sorry. My mind is everywhere. They, uh, Adam Ruins Everything. They talked about how we, we made us have the lawns that we have like we wanted to have these perfect lawns like over in england and stuff like that when we colonized over here and that's you know not the best for the environment it should be gardens or wildflowers and everything like that to help with the ecosystem which i thought was pretty interesting have you guys ever uh my landlord actually ran this farm when his uh, he was growing up, and this house didn't have uh, you know uh, running water inside or a pup or a toilet or anything that, and then until I think the seventies, um, wow. but it you know uh, to see him see this environment in which you know I'm talking about a seventy I think he's seventy five or seventy six year old man. It still gets up at four o'clock every every morning, and does two and a half miles, and then works another wow. sixteen hours out of the day. So, um, I think uh, humanity's become complacent in the standards in the United States. I think that uh, the ridiculousness of the products that we purchase, because we have to worry about uh, nuisances of uh, mosquitoes or bees or uh, yellow jackets or bugs in general, or even rodents or frogs or snakes or any 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 of the wildlife um one of the things that i would like to see and this is a lunatic idea is i would like to see an ending of uh commercial horticulture and uh, agriculture because i think it's detrimental to the environment and it doesn't bring humanity back into the skill sets that they need to survive on a daily basis i think that modern convenience has given way to the problems that we see in this country because People just don't have um, the the skill sets in order for human survival versus I want a pair of this or I, I, I need this uh, other thing that I've been sold on television. I would agree with that. Um, we're actually doing some canning classes, classes here soon at the farm just because food's going to get, it, it's going to get pricey. Get it now. Figure out how you're going to store it. Um, if if um, we all had to rely on others to give us food, we're going to be in trouble. You need to learn how to grow your food. 
You need to learn how to preserve your food. You need to learn the correct ways to preserve your food because botulism is a horrible way to die. Um, and though it is, it is. And I, it drives me insane that I see these people who are like, I water bath my carrots for three hours. That's, that's, that's not how you preserve food. So we need to make sure that people know how to preserve their food properly so that we're not getting sick and you're not, you know, trying to kill your family by preserving your food prop improperly. Um, we do a lot of that around the farm. We don't use any pesticides. And right now we have a problem with the spotted lanternfly, um, which is an invasive um, insect from, I think it's from China. I want to say it's from China. Um, so we I have to be so. very careful um, with, and because we have a fruit farm, we have everything that the spotted lanternfly loves. We have grapes, we have raspberries, we have apples, we have, you know, you name it, we have it. Strawberries, watermelon, we have it all. Um, when we just went and shaked, we did our first round of shaking on the mulberry trees. I, you wouldn't believe the spotted lanternflies that fell out of the trees with the, with the mulberries. So while I agree with you that horticulture and everything has, we have to go back. We do have to be careful because now that we have a global economy, we have things coming into the United States that we typically don't have that is hurting us. Uh, Pennsylvania has a um, $60 billion, I think was the last, was the last count on it. Wine industry the spotted lanternfly has hit that hard. Um, I haven't really looked at the, right, the new figures this year, but last year from the previous three years, it had dropped because of the spotted lanternfly. So we need to be careful of our global economy, what's coming in, what we're importing, because we're importing bugs uh, along with all the other stuff that we have. Um, but we, we do, we need to get back to the basics in schools um, or even um, have some of the schools visit farms so they can see, the kids can see, or have a, have, they have the community days at the schools where they take lawyers in and they take accountants in and they take all of these people into the schools and teach the kids, but never once have I seen a farmer go into the school and say, this is how it's done, this is what we do. They don't know. So in Wisconsin, with, go ahead. I'm sorry if I interrupt you with your thought. Uh, in Wisconsin, we actually have in farming communities uh, agriculture and horticultural classes for those communities. Now, I wish I could take my 10-year-old son to work with me to teach him how to be a diesel mechanic instead of him being in a school. Um, my children are homeschooled. Um, COVID actually provided uh, the opportunity for my wife to work from home as a service writer and then the children can do uh, homeschooling. Um, I wish that we would, these are child labor laws that have been implemented because of, uh, you know, the, the exertion of children beyond their normal breaking point and it's, it's just, you know, exploited labor. The thing is, is that we understood what it was then. It's not there now. We have an overabundance of children that don't know their basic necessities, let alone any kind of other education to get them through life because the bombardment of information for their entertainment versus their skill sets is what they're being broadcast to enjoy. Um, 
if we can make skill sets more enjoyable, I think that uh, children, you know, w will be more uh, applicable to it. We, I, I grew up in the inner city. I moved out here because I knew it was coming, and I, 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 did, I didn't want my family to be uh, detrimental to the situation that's coming to the United States. So right here in my hometown where I live, um, where my son goes to school, in his kindergarten and in preschool, they actually visited farms um, and learned how the farm works and the corn feed and um, how the animals get fed and things like that. I mean, there, there's definitely some programs out there. It's, I feel like it's like kind of what John just said in the, in the chat. It's early on and it needs to kind of be continued as we go. There are some um, good programs like Envirothon, which help to kind of not necessarily agriculture and uh, all of that kind of stuff, but at least the elements of nature and how it affects us in the daily and getting to know the different animals and things like that. Um, you know, but there is definitely something to be said for, you know, trying to get kids more involved as they get older um, without having to join a specific club like 4-H or anything like that because those those clubs are for kids who really want to embrace it versus just basic knowledge of those different things. Around here, um, kids get grounded and sent to my farm as punishment to help me. Yes, they do. They, they do. Chickens. I think that's the wrong yeah. way to implement that kind of skill set, though, is but a I, detriment it instead of a benefit. It was it was kind of like a joke between the parents. Um, most of them were being sent. To, their their parents wanted them to learn how to, you know, grow food or take care of chickens or whatever. So they would call it grounding it, as a joke that they would be grounded to come to me to work. And they weren't really grounded, but they were. That's that's the kids felt like that until they got here and realized that we can we can have fun on the farm. Yeah, I was going to say, they, it may have been a punishment at first, but the kids end up loving the chickens and playing, and then they're asking to go do it. So it's, it's yeah, more I, of just I have, I have one girl who nobody else is allowed to clean the chicken coop. That is her job. She will do it every month. Nobody else is allowed to touch it because those are her chickens. But Well, okay. she has a love and a passion that's been developed out of something that she might have not even been interacted with uh, on a personal level. And I, I end up awesome. with more chickens because of her now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the reason. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Number five, which department store chain put itself up for sale this week? Which one prostituted itself? Because that's kind of what it sounded like it did. <laughs> so, JC Penny. Is JC Penny still in business? Macy's, Nordstrom, Kohl's, and JC Penny. Justin says JCPenney. I think he's uh, just doing it because it starts with a J, too. I'm going to say Nordstrom. I'm going to say Macy's. So, so hit Kohl's because I know it's not Kohl's. I know it's not Kohl's. Oh, my oh, gosh. It's Kohl's. Kohl's oh. What? What? Their corporate office Kohl's. is actually in Wisconsin and Menominee Falls. Kohl's announced Monday has entered into a negotiation period for a potential sale. Franchise group, a holding company that owns a number of retail brands, has proposed to buy Kohl's in a deal valued around $8 billion. Well, nice. I know that they just um, they just got in a deal with Sephora. And they've been say, remodeling, yeah, Sephora's a lot, in there. Uh, remodeling a lot of the stores to have like a store within a store. Which I heard, side note, that Toys R Us is doing that with Macy's. 
that Toys R Us will have stores within stores inside Macy. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, it's kind of hard for Kohl's and Macy's and all of those to compete with Amazon. The only thing is, at least at Kohl's, you can go in and try things on before you buy it. At Amazon, you got to get it, try it on, send it back, get a bigger size. I got a question for y'all. Uh, uh, since I'm talking to two, I suppose you are women. I don't want to mispronoun or any of that. I, my pronouns are she and her. And, and, yeah, and that same, same. Uh, my sister actually worked for Kohl's for quite uh, some time, and there was a, a, a standard of dress code for women to wear heels, skirt, makeup every single day in yep. the office. Yep. And uh, that is something that I don't think most women would agree with, but nope. uh, she made a lot of money there. And it's uh, she went through the bullshit, I would say, to make sure that she could place herself in a different situation all along the line. Now, as a libertarian myself, I don't, I'm not going to uh, um, mend my policies or my principles or anything to accommodate another individual. Uh, do you think she made the right choice? Uh, I'm sorry that I'm turning into an interview now. Do you think she turned into a, that into a right choice? Or do you think that the standard that is there is just ridiculous? And the standard is ridiculous. And Christine will tell you that this is kind of dressed up me. Typically you get farm me, which is t-shirt, shorts, whatever, tank top, whatever, no makeup. I hardly ever wear makeup. I don't like to wear makeup. Even when I worked at the post office as a supervisor and there was a dress code, I was told that I wouldn't be taken seriously and I wouldn't move up unless I wore makeup. And I'm like, makeup doesn't make me. Makeup doesn't give me the knowledge that I have. Makeup isn't the reason why people call me when they have a question about whatever's going on. So why do I need makeup? And even running for lieutenant governor, Christine made me go out and buy new clothes and put makeup on and earrings and necklaces and all this other stuff. That is totally not me. But in order for the general public to take me seriously, I have to look like that. And that's bullshit. So devil's advocate here. I think it's ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. But I was a manager of men's warehouse for a few years. Um, and I worked at David's bridal in these industries where you need to be professional. You have to have, look like you have your shit together, basically, especially in men's warehouse. Um, when you work in a, in a retail line where you are kind of showing, at least with men's warehouse, I'm selling suits, I'm selling suits and tuxedos, shirts and ties. So did you wear a suit? Um, I wore a sport coat. Yeah. And, and dress slacks. Yeah, I did. Um, or a sweater with dress slacks. And I would wear, um, if I was working the tuxedo desk, I would wear flats because I'd be running back and forth, um, from getting rentals. But if I was on the floor doing sales, I usually had a wedge or some kind of small heel on because you had to, you have to present what you're trying to sell, you know, in, in, in a way, in the way that I could as a woman selling men's clothes. Um, now your sister, I assume, was she in the office? I assume. Is that what you said? Yeah. She was in the watch purchasing so, department. Okay. So, I mean, there's an argument to be made that no one's really seeing her. 
So why does she have to be so like gussied up? Right. Um, this is the corporate office, though. So you might yeah. run into the CEO or a stakeholder or whoever. So, but as long well, as you're, you're dressed appropriately, why does it matter if you have heels on or if you know? Well, here's a lunatic well, idea. Here's a lunatic idea. Who cares what you're dressed as? Because who set the standard for you? Is men. it something that is, well, I wouldn't even say men. Is it something that society tries to construct around what they understand as the imagery of a woman? Or is it um, the the society or the corporate society dictates this because okay. you have the hierarchy of money? I don't, I, the, because I don't buy any either. Here's the thing, though. When I'm doing, when I'm out doing shows and I'm out selling my products, if I'm at car shows, I know to dress a certain way because I know I'm going to get sales. It all depends on how I dress. If I'm showing cleavage at a car show, I'm going to get more sales. If I'm at a maker's market, I know you're laughing, but it's true. If I'm at a maker's market and I'm dressed kind of like I am now, not showing any cleavage, I'm going to get more sales because there are more women there and they don't want to see any of that. So it is societal. Because I see that just doing my everyday job, depending on where I'm going, what I'm doing, depend it depends on how I dress, totally depends on how I dress. Now, running for lieutenant governor, it all depends on how I dress. Christine doesn't want me to show my shoulders. Sorry, Christine, I'm showing my shoulders today because it's hot out. I've never, I don't think I've ever said that, but anyway. Yes, you did. <laughs> you did. You're like, I don't want to see shoulder. I'm like, okay, whatever. As I sit here with my... It's also eighty some degrees of like anyway. No, exactly. I, I think that but there's I think there's an expectation and you know, you you can't sell what you don't wear. And, you know, when I was in direct sales, I wore I I mean I have no jewelry on right now except for my wedding ring and my watch. Um I sold five dollar jewelry and I would make sure I would load up on it because you can't sell it to people if you're not wearing it. So the the crazy part is the office though, but part of, you know, an argument can be made that they're meeting with buyers, like with other like brands and stuff like Lauren Conrad and, and Musimo or whatever those different brands are that they have. And Victus um, was the watch that wanted... she was buying. Yeah. Wait, what? Invictus watches or Invicticus watches. Yeah. Yep. So, like, you're meeting with these these companies that want to know that they're going into a, a professional, like, a, an organization, a business that is putting the best, the, foot, the best foot forward. And with that, it is a business. It, it was started by someone who had expectations, just like any other business, and they ha they set a standard of what they wanted to have done. And as libertarian, as, as those who believe in the libertarian philosophy, we kind of have to like support that because it, you know, if I'm showing, if I'm working for Nicole, which I do, you know, I make sure I'm not looking like a straight up slob when I'm working her booth. That's another and I make thing. Sure sell all the, I make sure to sell all the ugly orchard jam because it's the <laughs> best one ever. Um, Justin, we need to get you a jar of that because it is the best jam ever. It's apple, pear, oh, rum with ginger. Send send it to me. I, yeah. I my, me, myself and my children, we love different uh, fruits. Um, and I understand what you're saying. It, it, the same thing applies to the diesel field because if you run into a technician that doesn't have an ASC master patch on, 
with another L2 Advanced patch. That is a selling point for that business. It's the same thing if you have an ASE uh, Automotive Service Excellence uh, insignia on the window, or if you take Discover, MasterCard, AMX, whatever. It is a selling point for your business. And the imagery is what is selling the individual. I absolutely hate this idea because it goes into the psychology of human beings on you can be trained to want something just because it's been sold to you. Um, if you were to see an individual come up and say, hey, I got the best skills in the world and my product is number one, until you actually have an imagery to that product, it really doesn't matter. Or unless it, the, before we had uh, television or anything, it was radio, it was word of mouth. So it, the thing is, is that we are being um, groomed, I would say, to understand what this imagery is. That's why I have this hat that says Lunatic Libertarian. That's why I have this shirt that says Lunatic Libertarian, so that it, people see that and they can identify mm -hmm. of what that product represents. I guess along oh. with that, too, though, I fall in that same category because when I have people working for me, like Christine said, she watches what she wears. I won't have somebody sitting at my table trying to sell food that has dirty fingernails or has a dirty shirt on or has bad breath. I actually got rid of a girl because she refused to brush her teeth. And I'm like, I, you, if I'm selling food, you, it, you have to look clean. Nobody's going to buy food from somebody who's got a stained shirt or somebody who's dirty. It just won't happen. Because they see you and they perceive that your home or your kitchen or whatever is the same as what you look like. And that's not a perception that you can have when you have a food-based industry. <coughs> so I work in the schools. I'm a substitute paraprofessional, which is, is a fancy word for teacher's aid. And you want to talk about wardrobe. Like, that's an area where I feel like as long as you're teaching the kids, it shouldn't really matter what you're wearing. Like, you know, at our school, Wednesdays are called Wildcat Wednesday. So we're able to like dress down and wear our school gear and like comfy pants and stuff. But like, why is that acceptable on Wednesday, but not Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday? You know, there, I just don't see, like, I think back to when I was a kid and the teachers were way more dressed. And I will say like, we've got more lenient with the way that, you know, schools permit and you see more jeans and stuff, but there's still a stigma. I mean, there's still a stigma around teachers on what they should wear into school and stuff. And I personally feel more inclined to teach and to work with the kids when I'm comfortable, when I'm able to bend and stand and squat and, and sit crisscross applesauce and everything like that. And I can't do that in dress clothes. Like I can't do that in nice slacks and, things like, or dress and things like that. Not appropriately, at least. Um, I've learned to wear, I think, shorts under dresses. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I've, I've learned to wear leggings that look like black dress pants. <laughs> big pocket. Um, but anyway, let's move on to number six. Which California city voted this week to recall its district attorney amid growing concerns about theft and alarming spate, spate of hate? Crimes uh, directed against Asian Americans. Ooh. San Francisco. 
Uh, yeah, I was going to say San Francisco. It seems like something that they would do. You are correct. San Francisco voters recalled D.A. Cheza Budin, Bowden, who was narrowly elected in 2019, faced criticism from an overwhelming number of San Francisco residents who feel that crime is out of control and is not a priority for the D.A. Yeah, well, but we can look at, um, look at San Francisco in a whole and what is not a priority for the government, <laughs> for its people. <clears throat> well, here's the thing. Doesn't the police department have to bring the cases to the D.A. for the D.A. to do it? And they kind of went lax on the police department because they didn't want people to be arrested for nonviolent crimes. Okay, I'm just... None of that makes sense. Yeah, I, it it depends on how many cases are brought. The DA can determine whether they want to um, take it to trial or not. So maybe they were bringing cases and he was choosing not to do them for whatever but reason. That also comes with if you bring a case and you don't have enough evidence, why waste the taxpayer's money by going to trial? You're not going to win. Bring me more evidence. So... I, I would need more more context behind that before I was like. Uh, as a felon, I would say that most DAs don't have enough uh, evidence to prosecute their crime. It's all speculation and hearsay mm -hmm. because we have a standard that this person holds the authority. This person is the suspected criminal. This person's okay, so then testimony maybe, is going to be overwhelming than yeah, this individual. That's why they do a lot of the deals. Yeah, maybe then he's actually a good DA by going, hey, you don't have enough. I can't do anything with this. Bring me more. And they don't like it. So now we get that because of our philosophy. But you need to remember that San, I mean, all of California is very leftist where they want a police state. Mm -hmm. So that's something to take into consideration. So then maybe they After 10 months. After a 10-month investigation, a House Select Committee began unveiling series of long-awaited details pertaining to who? Trump. We all know the answer to this one. I was hoping aliens would be on there as an answer. Mango Unchained. I heard someone call him that earlier today. I wish it, would be, I wish it was Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I... I don't like this guy. I think he's... Well, you want to know something funny, and I've said this before. When I was a child, I'll show you how... Show you how ill-informed I was. I thought Trump would make a good president because he was a businessman, and I thought Hillary Clinton was going to be the first woman president. Here's the I thing. When people told me that Trump would be a good president because he was a businessman, I'm like, that fucker is shady as hell. He yeah, would actually again. bleep me. Oops. <laughs> He would actually hire contractors. Lie. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be the first time you heard it out of my mouth. He would actually hire contractors to do jobs. He would figure out how much it would cost them to sue him to get the amount of money that the contract was for and then take that amount off of what he paid them. And they're screwed because for them to hire an attorney and sue him for that amount of money wouldn't do anybody any good. That doesn't make him a biz, a good businessman. That makes him a crappy a human being. Yeah. Uh, no, I get that 100% now, but as a 11-year-old who's like learning politics and stuff, 
I was thinking businessman. That's all I know. But I see now that he was an idiot and should not have ever been president. However, I will give him kudos for putting his son-in-law into the foreign affairs to help get all of that taken care of. He does deserve kudos for putting his son-in-law in that position. And that is it. I would say that the, uh, the imagery of Trump as a businessman is uh, a, a sold item as well as you know, his successes versus his failures. I would say that um, uh, Trump actually got everybody to believe something that didn't exist. And everybody that hated him for what he actually was uh, got kind of like discredited because there's this conflict here. I think that uh, one thing that Trump does is he works within the rules of what he has presented because they're fucking ridiculous. And I'm sorry, I swore again, but they, they, all these rules and regulations, just like trying to get um, Keystone people onto the ballot in your state or trying to get our libertarians in the ballot in the state of Wisconsin, it, it, it's these rules to keep the perpetual motion constantly going. It, 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 this is supposed to be a, a constitutional republic to which the people elect their subservient representative, meaning that they serve the people and that they go to the government, which wasn't supposed to be as big as it is now uh, anyway, uh, and, and try and petition, petition the government to try and get their communities what they need to survive. Not because they want these things, it's to survive. I mean, and I think that uh, Trump uh, did a great advertising campaign and, and bought into the biases and stuff like that, knew how to, quote unquote, manipulate people. I mean, I never watched uh, uh, The Apprentice in my entire life. And I, I guess there was millions of people that watched this show every week. Yeah, you're fired. I watched it. It was entertaining. Um, and when I would see some of the stuff that they were doing and I'm like, oh, that makes good business sense. I could see what he was doing and what he was portraying, um, but it's all an act, and people don't see that it's all an act. They see, oh, well, you know, he owns this, he owns that. Yeah, well, he also He's filed for bankruptcy. Well, he also filed for bankruptcy how many times? And then he used yeah, that bankruptcy. He used the one bankruptcy, so he wouldn't have to pay taxes for a while. Uh, so okay, I. I think he's skeezy, don't get me wrong, but it is kind of like maniacal genius like level to like what you're saying with he's like, Jim Jones level is what he is. Like like you like he it's copied crazy Obama. It's yeah, it's a loophole. I my ex husband calls me the loophole queen, and I feel like <laughs> that was like a big loophole that he, you know, like he figured out a way to manipulate the system or or make it work for his favor favor. And while she, as crappy as it is, kind of genius. Kind of like it's, it's bad. It's a bad genius. But um, okay, this next one, Nicole. I don't want you to answer it because you and I know this answer. And I want to see if Justin knows because it's for our home state. So we know this answer. <laughs> Which Dr. popular Oz. celebrity? Okay. Dr. One Pennsylvania Senate GOP. It is Dr. Oz. Which Did is they finally come out and say crap. that he won? Yes. Yep. He won. He beat McCormick. Uh, which is bullcrap because my understanding, he, doesn't, he doesn't live in PA. He lives on his, he is, he is like the estate holder for his in-laws property in Pennsylvania. So, so he, gets of an address. He, is, 
his power of attorney yeah, for loophole. his. Yep. Yeah. That loophole. He's another loophole king. Um, he's actually, he's he has also his dual citizenship from mm-hmm. Turkey. Country, Turkey. And then. And yeah, because he was in the Turkish army. Yeah, he's a resident of, of Jersey, but because he gets mail to Pennsylvania, he's considered also, I guess, dual citizenship between Jersey and Pennsylvania. So now we get this douchebag running as the Republican Senate candidate against uh, our wonderful Dan Wasmer. Uh, uh, maybe we can have our mutual candidate. friend who was on his show <laughs> say something. <laughs> What are you, who are you talking about? Our mutual friend, who the girl that took my photos. <clears throat> she oh, was on his show. Kendi oh. was on Dr. Zoss's show. Yeah, I, well, I wasn't going to say her name because I didn't want to, you know, <clears throat> call her out. But, yeah. Oh, well, Nicole, I actually out. worked for a man that uh, was in the Turkish army. And I, I would say that was not a glorious thing because uh, that man actually had to provide his meals for what was growing out of the ground. Because so there was I, no meals coming from the Turkish I don't have – it's not that – so he had a choice between going with the army in the United States or going with the Turkish army because he has dual, citizen, dual citizenship between the U.S. and Turkish. And he went to the Turkish army. That which uh, probably was a lot harder and probably more demanding on the individual than our current armed forces is today because there wasn't three hots in a cot. Um, if you were on patrol in the Turkish army, according to a story that was told to me by a former employer, um, you, you only ate what you found coming out of the ground. And uh, there was many soldiers that, that uh, had problems. And I, I think this was during the Bosnian conflict, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is that, no, there, there was no MREs. There was no, uh, we're going to go back to camp and have a big uh, a meal. There, It was, if you were on patrol, you ate what was coming out of the ground because there was no nourishment that was coming to you as far as your government uh, providing anything. So maybe you chose a harder route to say that maybe I'm a little bit of a harder individual. I know that there's a lot of Americans that claim hard because of, depending on their military experience. So, I mean, maybe. It, 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 it's a thing of saying that um, what are his ideas and has he been a U.S. citizen for the contracted rules to run for this office and stuff like that. And when we talk about all the rules as a libertarian, I hate the rules um, it, it, because it just proposes it, it, it's just more restrictions on the individual. Yeah. Well, side note, uh, apparently it was an 800 vote difference. Oz received 419,999 votes, while Dave McCormick received 419,048 votes. That's a tight race. I'm not going to that Dr. Oz might be an infiltrator to this country. I'm not going to say that or an agent. Okay, let's go number nine. Which late night talk show did President Joe Biden make his first in in person appearance on this week? I'm going to guess Jimmy Kimmel. I'm going to guess Colbert. Yeah, I was going to guess Colbert too. But it's probably Trevor Noah. <laughs> 
Oh, oh Kimmel. What? I'm surprised at that. I feel like that he gets a lot of the the political figures on his shows. How did Jimmy um, Kimmel right go from the man the- show to what he has today? <laughs> I just think it's silly that we have two t- tonight, like late night shows with Jimmy's. <laughs> um, he jumped right into a conversation about politics and gun control. The two also spoke about inflation, rising gas prices, and road. How about we talk about mental health issues instead of gun control? I would say Amen. mental health is a direct uh, implication of government barricades on the individual and their sovereignty. And I would say that if you get rid of the barricades, the mental health would progress from there. I think that a lot of people have a lot of barricades that are built into their life from step by step. And this is just the standard now. And to try and pull yourself up by your bootstraps or all this other crap, um, I promoted it. You know, I came out of poverty out of the inner city of uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I'm living where I am now. You know, I'm also a suicide survivor. I'm also a vet. I've also done things in my life that probably aren't the greatest things to other human beings. The thing is, is that at 20 is not the man I am at 30. And at 39, I wasn't the man I was at 29. So um, if we can allow personal growth instead of putting barricades like licensing fees or permits or all this other stuff, those are only barricades to try and keep the status quo, in my personal opinion. No. Yeah. And. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a that's a hard. I actually like, lost uh, my mental health provider top. in the mass hood shooting in two thousand and nine, Captain Russell Seeger. I'm sorry that you've had to endure all that. Well, I mean, it, it's still that. Well, I've endured. I, I probably I could go through trauma after trauma after trauma in my lifetime to try and explain who I am today. But is that who I am? Is it the trauma, or is it the experience of that trauma? I remember uh, one of the Vietnam uh, era uh, psychologi- psychologists was like, um, started a warrior quest as a Native American background to, you know, you have to go find yourself after being in, in conflict or combat. And, and you needed to go find yourself and then come back to your tribe. That's one of the avenues that I found myself because I was in the middle of the woods. I had ticks crawling up my legs, but there was a doe that came within almost five feet of me because she didn't know I was there. And and the, 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 the physical experience that applies to our psychology um, in our day-to-day lives, I think is something that we overlook. I think that those implications, that those implications are there every day. It just depends on how much reflection we want to do. And that happens when a person looks themselves in the mirror and find out who they really are. So the traumas in my past didn't, they don't define me because I am no longer that victim. However, those traumas did build who I am today because I learned coping skills that I wouldn't have had otherwise if I hadn't gone through those traumas. I wouldn't know a lot of the things that I know now had I not had I not lived the life that I've lived. I absolutely agree with that. Ditto. I mean, there's there's things that I've gone through in my life 
that I've built trauma responses from and they've kind of helped me just navigate through a bunch of other stuff. You know, some people don't understand, you know, that why I don't delegate stuff when, when, when I should be delegating stuff and I'm working on it, but I'm like, it's because I've been let down. Like people have just not shown up for me so much in my life that I've ended up having to do all of it myself. And her response was, well, wouldn't someone wanting to help, help your anxiety? I'm like, no, no, no. It no. actually increases it because I cannot rely on that other like, individual. You're going to do it right. Or is it going to be done the way I've, I, I was, I was thinking it was going to be done. Like, you know, it increases my anxiety and she just didn't understand it. And I'm like, it's a trauma response. It, the fact that you let me make up. Ollie's cake for his birthday was like, I'm like, I can't believe she's letting me do this. And me coughing is why she. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I, I always make my son's cake and, and cupcakes and stuff for his birthday because a, I didn't have that kind of parent growing up. My dad worked two jobs. My mom peaced out when I was eight. So, you know, one of my responses is that I'm an overbearing mom at times. Um, Very. I'm working on it. I think, I think Nicole can agree that I'm working on it and giving him some independence and stuff. But, um, you know, one of the things I like to do, and it does help that I get lots of compliments on how good my cupcakes are, but is make these things for him. And this week I was, I've been dealing with this. So I still made the cupcakes, but I wore like a mask and gloves and stuff, but I knew that the cake was going to be more labor intensive because it was a Minecraft cake. So it was a big piece of dirt with grass on top and it was really intricate. And, um, and so, but it, it was, it, it, I mean, I didn't know what kind of cake flavor it was. Like Nicole and I did not have this conversation. <laughs> so I did have anxiety attack. Um, like, they're like, what flavor is it? I was like, we're going to find out together. Let's cut it. Like, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Um, However, but, she knows how well I cook and bake. So she knew that it would be awesome. Edible. I knew it would be edible. And, I'll, and, and, and I knew it would be awesome, you know, but kids are weird. So, but I knew that it would be, it would be, it would look good and it would be edible. And at that point, you know, with not feeling 100%, um, I was like, yes, thank you for helping. But, you know, some people don't understand that these are, you know, we learned these traits and these responses because of the stuff we've been through. And they may not like it. This girl ended up leaving the, the PTO because she had so many other things going on. But part of me also think it's because I didn't in her mind didn't delegate. And I'm like, I did. I asked for help and no one showed up. I did. Or the same one or two, the same one or two people showed up. And that's not fair to those people to always be showing up too. And I'm just, yeah. Mental health. Yeah. Let's just mental yeah. health. Yeah, one I, would say, one I would say that uh, the DSM four and the DSM five are as a as a diesel technician that has to go through troubleshooting steps is probably the worst publication that anybody can use for mental health. That's my personal opinion. When I spent nine months at the VA trying to figure out what was wrong with me, um, I went to the third floor, which either you were going to be in the, the lock-in ward or you're going to go visit the library. I spent some time in both, um, more in the library than the lock-in ward, but... Uh, these things happen. Uh, 
But when I found out uh, how the veteran reintegration program was actually written back in 2004, and then I found out all this other stuff as far as where they wanted to point me. And uh, then I read the, the veterans rights of treatment on the wall of every building that's on the VA grounds. Um, I, you know, it, it, it comes in the question, how do you want to see your own life's path? Are you going to sit back and be relegated to these labels, titles, and categories? Or are you going to move yourself forward according to your own standard? And I think that uh, both of you present a standard of which maybe comes into conflict from time to time. But yet again, as an individual, we have our own standards. And it, yeah. as, a, as a libertarian, I, I'm not going to base your standard on mine. I'm just going to say, hey, if maybe I think my, my standard is more grandiose because my own, uh, uh, you know, superiority complex, I would say, um, I would say that, hey, maybe if you were to implement tool A, B, and C, and then as you learn through failure, your wisdom will put you at uh, D, E, and F. Yeah. Yeah, but we women don't always think that way. No. I'm a man. I, 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 I'm a man. I, I don't know what women think. If I knew what women think, maybe I'd be a multimillionaire now. I don't know. <laughs> we, we would never make it that easy for you. <laughs> Number 10. Which politician survived a vote of confidence this week that threatened to remove one. him from office? Boris Johnson. Was it Boris Johnson? Yep. yep. He is, just looks like a straight-up idiot, guys. I, I don't... I don't know that he looks like a straight up idiot. I think he just look because he looks disorganized and disheveled, but so was totally Einstein and look what he did. I think totally it's a the imagery is portraying on what people have been taught somebody as a politician should look like. Mm -hmm. So was, he got 211 votes to keep him and 148 voted for his removal. All because he had parties during COVID lockdown. <laughs> yeah, triggered that's what this was, that's what this was all party. over. He had drinking parties during COVID lockdown. Guys, we got we got six out of ten. We lost we lost Justin. There he is. No, I was just typing in the chat, and then I, instead of actually going, oh. can they X? I <laughs> hit my iPad to close out Safari and. I apologize. I was just saying, Ugh. I got to go pee. Like kind of Forrest Gump. <laughs> I, I got to go pee. But um, that was something. Oh, side oh, note. He's still sitting there. I thought you were going. He's, that's what he's doing right now while, while oh. we're talking. And he... <laughs> no, he's still sitting there. No, I'm, I'm, I'm holding it. I'm being courteous. Discipline. Discipline. Ah. Yeah, my bladder's not that disciplined. Okay, if I can get a reprieve, I will be right back. Okay. Holding your bladder will cause kidney stones. Did you see Toby Keith canceled his concerts? Yes, he has um, stomach cancer. Stomach cancer. Yeah, he's had a few surgeries and done some radio, some radiation and some chemo. So uh, hopefully he heals up and is back on tour soon. 
He said he was feeling better. He was doing it for like six months and he wants to take some time off to just like enjoy family and stuff like that. So. I get that. I get that. Chemo does a number on you. It does a number on you for years. So while he's gone, he's over there. Um, just so everyone knows, uh, we are out ballot accessing this weekend at the lot of pride events and you should be out at pride events too. If you, if I can give that two cents and supporting our LGBTQ. Um, I know that some people <clears throat> in a libertarian party do not believe in that, but we, at Keystone we do. do. And uh, there are libertarians out there that do support the LGBTQ plus community. So there are a ton of pride events and I encourage everyone to go out to them and support them. And you should all be out collecting signatures for your candidates of choice if they're third party, because it is essential. So I'm going to wait till he gets back and we can have some final thoughts and then we can wrap up for the night. How, uh, wh what is the weather to like tomorrow? Nicole? I have no idea. That's what weather bugs for because it wasn't on the news today because it was the January 6th hearing that, you know, I could care less about tomorrow. Where is it in Lancaster? I am in, at roots in Lancaster and tomorrow there's 70, 70%. It's, um, Mount, uh, Mannheim. Um, there's, it looks like there's a 70, 70% chance of thunder. Looks like it's supposed to rain until two o'clock. Yeah. In Lancaster. Hmm. Maybe I'll go to Levi's doctor's appointment with him instead. <laughs> that sounds like more fun. If anyone is still, there's still some people listening, watching, if you have any questions or comments or what have you, please interject. Um, I think I have pink eye. I should probably shouldn't be rubbing my eyeball. But, um, how did, super how, awesome. how did you get pink eye? Oh, wait, you're spent a weekend near a bunch of kids. Never mind. Not, not just that. I, I left my contacts in too long and I think that it caused like a backup oh. in the... Because I ran out of solution, so I was like, oh, I'll just keep them in until I get some solution. And I, hey, I, he's I, back! There he is. Told you I'd be right back. And I gotta climb three You're floors, fine. so... Oh my goodness. That's... Yeah. You're isn't there a back porch? Like, out the window. Yeah, like, I was gonna say, the isn't there a back porch? I'm not that savage that I'm gonna pee <laughs> out of my screen... <laughs> my carpet and everything else, my leg. Isn't uh, that why you buy a house in the middle of nowhere so you can pee off the back porch? Isn't that like every man's goal? I didn't buy a house. I actually rent this house. Yeah, you rent. Same thing. She wasn't here. She wasn't here for that part of the What's rent she... by. Um, pay pay money to. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, is that. Um, you know, when it comes to your bodily functions, you just, when you got to go, you got to go. And I, I, I've, I've had the experience of uh, not knowing when I had to go, but I wasn't even conscious when I had to go. And then you wake up the next morning and then you went and it was like, nah, it's not really a good thing. Where is this conversation gone to, by the yeah, way? Anyway. <laughs> City. Um, okay. So we wanted to wait to do final thoughts, final thoughts on today's recent events. Nicole, go first. Final thoughts on today's recent events. We need we more mental any, any we need more mental health. Facilities. More, more mental health. Like okay. Well, we need more mental like, health. Any more specifics there, girlfriend. 
we need people need more mental health facilities and it needs to be um available to them not so you know that we just recently had a friend who we spent a few days trying to get him mental health Mm -hmm. mental health help and it was (laughs) it 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 was it was a disaster um we were trying to find a place that did a sliding scale for pay so he could pay what he could afford because you know there the one comp the one place that we looked at it was like 180 dollars for initial evaluation Mm -hmm. um he ended up having just to go to the local hospital and getting his help that way, which probably isn't the best thing. I mean, I sat in his, and another friend and and myself sat in his room with him. Um, I know I was with him till midnight. The other person was with him like all night into the next day until he could get placed into a facility. But then we found out that he was only in the facility for a few days because he's like, you can't help me. I'm leaving now. Well... And now we have issues where we need to get him more help that he can't afford. Uh, It it shouldn't be something that is based upon how much you can afford. If you need it, you need it. It should be available. You should be able to get it. Maybe we wouldn't have as many mass shootings that way. That's my final thought. Justin, final thoughts. Um, my, my final thought would be that I think that um, a lot of barricades are placed in front of our, uh, our our humans that participate in our society in the United States. I think that the government has a giant role in producing these barricades because they've been bought and paid for by the competitors that don't want competition. I think that uh, human beings are being separated upon their race, color, creed. I don't believe in labels, titles, and categories. I can go into a rant of, of I'm a Puerto Rican, Hispanic, Norwegian man, veteran, suicide, you know, survivalist, yada, yada, yada. I think that uh, when we just get back to the basics, uh, human beings will be better off in their interactions, especially in the United States, because this country, uh, as it was founded, didn't care. You know, you had the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, regardless of... Uh, anything the religion you practice the, the the association you had when you assembled it didn't matter you you had the right if you were willing to work for it the best life that was possible in the united states thank you you guys are welcome to hang out i'm going to give my final thoughts and then i'm going to wrap up for the show but i appreciate you both being on tonight i thank you for um, having me you're welcome. I'm glad you were on. I can't wait to be on yours with the other people. Maybe, maybe just, maybe we'll just kick them off. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to exit you both, but hang out if you want, and I'll be right there. So that was tonight's show guys. Um, We talked a lot about different recent events and different situations that are happening across the world. Um, And I think it's key to remember that a lot of these, while they may not directly affect you, might have a trickle-down effect for some of them. So it is good to at least keep an ear out for some of the information. Um, And I wanted to share with you just real quickly um, something that I was reminded at church on Sunday, and that the way that you bring people to the cause that you are supporting is by going to where they are. So if you are out trying to 
get candidate support, get signatures for ballot access, they're not going to come to you. You need to go to where they are, go to them on their ground, and come to them with the things that mean the most to them. What is the most important to you may not be the most important thing to them, so you need to be informed and willing to listen. Stop. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. So go out, be kind to the world, accept people and love people for who they are, and get some signatures because third-party candidates only have so much time to do that, and it is a pain in the tush. So until next time, next Monday, which I have no idea who will be on, so don't ask me, I will see you then.